with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it is a Wednesday show. Alan Wishart in the host chair as usual on Wednesdays. And we've got a show that sort of runs the gamut today. We're going to be started by talking about the little ones, shall we say. Then we'll move up to school-age uh, children. And then uh, something near the end that's a little bit more maybe geared for adults. But we are going to start off chatting about um, something that just opened a little while ago, aimed at the younger kids in the community. Uh, Lynette Michalishan is the Director of Child Care for the YMCA of Northern BC. Good morning, Lynette. Good morning. So now, Park House, where is it? What is it? Park House? Yes. Uh, yeah, so Park House is a, an 85-space uh, child care facility, which will be home to uh, 12 in- infants and toddlers, 25 group 3- to 5-year-olds, uh, and 48 school-age children. So a beautiful facility located in the downtown uh, you know, in, in the heart of um, not only our work community, but also in the community that has some um, socioeconomic challenges. And so we're really excited to be there and to have an, hope, uh, an impact for those children and families. Now, how long was Park House in the works? Now, And the other thing is, has it opened yet? Mm, we have opened um, yeah. on a, a very um, small scale. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, <laughs> of course, we were opening during the height of the Omicron in the mm-hmm. north, and um, so made a decision to to go slow and to do it well, but not to stretch the rest of the team, uh, which we were already mm-hmm. really stretched with you know so many people off and those types of things. So, um, so we are open in a small scale and, and scaling up weekly um yeah i guess one of the nice things about doing it that way as well is if there are any last second problems that you hadn't really thought of you get to work with them on a smaller scale you know i've never um in in since we've opened oh all of those centers we tend to do it on a on a just a grand opening day and here we are and (laughs) And this is very nice. It's, it's very different. Um, <laughs> I think the staff appreciate it as well. There's, you know, four little little people like infants and toddlers, not twelve new infants and toddlers, and all hands on deck. So, so yeah, there's there's some advantages for sure. I think there's also challenges in that you know there's a huge need for services, and we're really looking forward to meeting those needs. So, is there sort of the feeling? Maybe among the staff, but also maybe among sort of the higher up, shall we say, of, okay, let's get more spaces open. We've got people who need these spaces. Let's open it up a little bit more. Uh, you know, I think right now it's um, – I, I actually think we've learned a lot from COVID, but I, mm-hmm. but I do think that just knowing that people are tired and they're not as resilient, there's way less <laughs> push for myself than there would maybe be in other times. It's pretty – pretty honest of myself um but honestly i i feel like we're just really looking to do it in ways that uh make the most sense for the staff and for the families we still have a couple of spots to recruit for um but really the staffing is coming together and we want we want to ensure that they've had a good start as well 
And now I'm guessing Park House, this isn't something where you guys, say, middle of last year, suddenly said, hey, you know, let's put a child care facility into downtown Prince George. This has been in the works for a fair while, hasn't it? It, it certainly has. And, um, the you know, and even once you go through all of the steps <laughs> to applying for a capital uh, grant with your partner, it takes time to come back with the answers and, and all of those things. But, you know, we're super excited we brought this building. It's, it's an amazing building. I can't wait to be able to tour people once some of these restrictions lift. But uh, we brought it in on time, on budget. Wow. It's beautiful. Um, it's, it's truly a home away from home for children. And, and I, I'm truly proud of the work that we've done. And, and you know, the, the work of PRG and as well. Now, do you know, have you got, have you had any other groups getting in touch with you saying, wait a minute, you brought this in on time and on budget? How did you do it? We want to know. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, I think that we worked really hard to, to do that. Um, there are times where, you know, that when we've contracted with partners at the YMCA, might might um, come up with, with a piece of money towards a project. Um, and things like toys and equipment that wouldn't be covered in those grants and things like that as well. Or sometimes you have to change and adjust plans, too, as as well. Nothing really bad stands out at this one. I I mean, I guess my one thing that I definitely didn't get, but I was, you know, I I thought, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to have heated floors? Uh, But that's not a piece of that project. But, um, you know, we have air curtains that certainly stop the flow of outside cold air and things like that. So um, an extra sound, like the soundproofing and stuff. So, you know, you just kind of, what's, what's really the necessities? And then what are the, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> so you got to make choices. So now, as the project was going along, did you have the chance to tour it yourself as it was going along to see how it was coming? I certainly did. So I, I um, was part of the design team uh, of the space, um, and uh, that's part of the work that I've done on, on several centers. And um, so, and then getting to watch that unfold, and then you know, like making sure everything did line up with what we need for the regulations, but also more than that, you know, it's Parkhouse is really around, like I said, that ensuring trying to build a facility that really had all of the light and the outdoor natural play space right off the classrooms and all of those things that really make uh, a great environment for children, but also a great environment for the team, right? Everything flows and it just does become that home. Now, as it was going along, were there any times where you and other members of the team came in and were going, okay, wait a minute, that's not quite what we had in mind. Can we do this instead? You know, we did a lot of back and forth right out of right out of the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the person that I was working with in, in terms of drawings, and and so there was a few few times then. Um, most there wasn't a lot of changes as we went along. Like when we when the building started to go up, we knew we had the design we really truly mm-hmm. wanted, and really um, most most. What could have been problems had really honestly been identified. So you had done you had done a lot of your preventive work then ahead of time, really. It truly had, truly had, uh, lots of back and forth in the beginning, and really coming up with something we were super happy 
uh, with and, and, you know, all of, like I said, all of those pieces about pricing things out ahead of time and, and building in those contingencies and all of those important pieces of work. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we were working within COVID shortages and, and those things too. And I feel like uh, the team did an exceptional job of ensuring they had things ordered in a timely way that wouldn't hold us up. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of planning going into <laughs> to managing all of the, the things that have COVID has changed for, for construction. And so now, so you have not had, are you, actually, I'll, I'll go it this way. Are you planning on having a grand opening when everything is fully ready? So, you know what, that is something that I would love to do for the community. We, um, so everything truly is, it's all licensed. We're open, those kinds of things. We did a virtual grand opening, uh, just in January with, with a walkthrough, um, because of course right now we're not having people in the spaces, uh, with the children and, and in the staff and all of those things. And those regulations probably are going to change in the next <laughs> days here. Uh, but for, for now, childcare is still a mask area where we don't have visitors in mm-hmm. so uh certainly look forward to being able to have um a grand opening one of the things on gra- when we did the walkthrough was there weren't children a grand opening is never a grand opening if they're not beautiful children yeah. enjoy- enjoying the space so for me that that will be an important step what that will look like and what date mm-hmm. that far we haven't gone we're, we're pretty much just kind of trying to shift back to the the new new changes that will be coming forward. Now, I will admit, I've never had to worry about it, so I don't know a whole heck of a lot about child care. But like, how does it work? Does a parent have their child uh, sign up for like a month at a time, a week at a time, three months at a time? Yeah, so parents enroll their children into a program. And so that child technically, normally, as long as everybody's happy, would stay with your program Um for until they grow into the next age group. And I think that's something that we've done extremely well in building our programs that are for zero to 12. We call them family centers, but so that children can stay and, and be a part of that um, less transitions, you know, more consistency, all those things that are super great for them. Normally what happens is a parent would pay their fees on the first of every month, mm-hmm. uh, and we ask for 30 days notice if they're leaving. So on the first of the month, they'd have to give us notice for that that would be their last month. That's mm-hmm. technically how it works. That being said, there's things like YMCA Licensed Summer Club that um, we recognize parents, you know, it's, it's different in the summer. People mm-hmm. are taking their school-age children or they go to grandma's or they're going on vacation, those types of things. So we, we do have some of those programs that would offer, um, we would register children on a weekly basis. Same with spring break and those types of things that are coming up right now. So with the child care then, a lot of it is focused sort of on the school year because that's when parents are usually working Monday through Friday, et cetera, et cetera, don't have a lot of time off. But you do have – do you keep the regular, shall we say, daycare going as well during the summer? So it, it, during the summer, so all of our earlier sites operate year-round, 12 mm-hmm. months of the year. Uh, so those would be for children – that haven't yet started the school system. So I think we're at 12 maybe sites in Prince George right now, 11 for sure, of school-age sites. And, uh, you know, what we do in the summer is we uh, convert down to four um, 
the four locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and Parkhouse will be one of those locations this summer. And care we have the capacity to care for about 130, 140 wow. children a day throughout those. And, you know, we open spaces as, as we see need, but the YMCA also has Camp Kananak and, and mm-hmm. like, those types of things going on for that that age group as well. So there's lots of choices. Um, yeah. So we are a 12-month-a-year operation, but it does shift into those times of summer and, and spring break for sure. Yeah. So if I if I if I remember correctly, then from what you were saying, there's actually more st- more children there during the summer than there would be during like right now. No. The- no, but the, the, the children, so right now, we tend to have the same. So if you have a space of 24 spaces, mm-hmm. it would tend to stay those same 24 children. Right. In the summer, we would serve children who may be from other um, areas of the community that aren't normally in YMCA shelter. Maybe we aren't located somewhere that they could attend. So they, they have the opportunity then to join our programs for the summer as well. Okay. So it's basically parents sign up for a month. You haven't opened everything up yet, you were saying. Have you already got every space filled so that as soon as it opens, there will be a child in there? Uh, we have wait li- uh, oh. We will not clear our wait list with this <laughs> facility, unfortunately. Wow. Um, you know, I think seasonally there tends to be... Um, September, a, a whole group of children go off to kindergarten, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's that leaves some room for you know m- new children to enroll and register. And usually, some of that that's also some of the infant and toddlers may be moving up into the older room and those types of things. So September is kind of where we see probably the largest intake of any new families, um, but but obviously this facility as well. So, but we know like. You know, the team takes calls every day Mm -hmm. about how difficult it is, and especially families with somebody under the age of three, to find a space in childcare. There's just so much need, and, you know, we continue to do our best to to address that need. I know there's a couple other facilities being built by other people in the community, which is super great news. Um, And really, together, we... We just continue to move forward. I think one of the things for all your listeners that are out there right now is that, you know, there's currently uh, probably never been a time to join childcare. If it's something you've always wanted to do, come and talk to us. Uh, the government has a lot of funding available for education, as well as they're paying early childhood educators a top-up fee now of $4 an hour. So there's some – the pandemic has shone a light on what we've known for a long time, but just the importance of having childcare to allow people to work. Um, but again, the shortages, right? The crisis. Yeah. Now, from what you have seen, even though you're not open, as you were saying, you've got the wait list. Looking at the wait lists, and without getting too specific, does it seem like most of the people who are enrolling their children at um, Park House are sort of the target audience, if you will, people who are either working downtown or who are living downtown? Well, that's really hard for me to uh, answer on because mm-hmm. I don't manage the wait list. Um, that's the sense that I get. It is the yeah. sense that, that I get. Um, yeah, but, but I can't, couldn't honestly tell you how much of it, no. each of those... No, but again, so I guess one of the nice things again about it being downtown 
is that the father or mother who works downtown can bring their child to Park House in the morning, pick them up when they're finished, and know that the child is safe for the day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, you know, like, change a kid, like if, if a child care center is close to your home or close to your work, there's less commute time for sure. Um, you know, if you can drop multiple-age children at one site, uh, isn't that fantastic? Yes. You didn't have to do three drop-offs. So if you drop all three children and we take your child to, you know, school in the morning for you and then pick them up after. And so just really trying to meet the needs of families that are already so busy. Okay. Okay. Lynette Michalishan, Director of Child Care for the YMCA in Northern BC. If somebody wants to enroll their child either at Park House or at one of the other YMCA facilities for child care, how do they do, go about doing it? Well, truthfully, right now it is a waitlist system, mm-hmm. so I would say if they're even considering it, if they're considering getting pregnant, any of those things, <laughs> like it's literally that big of a waitlist, get on it now. And so really uh, go to our website, www.nbc.ymca.ca forward slash child care. Get on the website, find the in, the um, waitlist application, get that done, <laughs> and and really don't be afraid to you know check back every few months and those kinds of things. Like you know, it's kind of like I said, there's seasons where where there's children moving off to school that are harder. This is a really hard time of year to find <laughs> childcare um, unless there's a new facility. So uh, yeah, just hoping that people. You know, be patient, keep checking in. The other place people can go is to Child Care Resource and Referral, uh, located at the YMCA, but they have a list of all the child care operators uh, in in Prince George, an area, mm-hmm. and truly, um, you know, they and contact information for them. I think that the list is as good as care providers make it, so if they don't update like when mm. they have vacancies or yeah. they don't, like sometimes that parents still challenged by that. But that number, 250-563-2483, and just, you know, give the girls at CCRR a call and they can start a list. And parents, you know, it's important to educate themselves. Go out, check out some of the child care centers. What is it that's important to your family and what type of care is important to your family? And, and really work from that point. And CCRR is a super great asset in helping families to do that investigation work. Um, the other piece would be they can also help families with the affordable child care benefits. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple of years ago, the threshold moved to $111,000. And I feel that there's a lot of families that don't realize that if you make $111,000 or less, you may actually get support for your child care or a good portion of support for your child care. So that's, uh, you know, people should be applying and seeing. Like, all they can say is no. Okay. Lynette McAllison, thank you very much for bringing us up to date on what's happening with the YMCA Northern BC and the child care end of things. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after 9. 
There isn't much that a country singer hasn't covered in a song. If you want to hear songs about new love, lost love, drinking, fighting, cowboys, trains, traveling, and everything else, then tune into the Country Cavalcade every Wednesday, 6 to 8, where I cover music from the 20s to the 90s, as well as today's traditional independent artists. You'll hear from such greats as the Carter family, Johnny Horton, Vern Charlton, and so much more. The Country Cavalcade, Wednesday, 6 to 8, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM with me, Corey Walker. Your Prince George Public Library is proud to be a part of Hear Our Words, a storytelling showcase. Open to Northern BC Indigenous youth aged 5 to 29, this year's story submissions must be related to the theme Honoring Elders. Prizes will be awarded in five categories short story, poetry, music or song, visual art, and performance art. Entry submission forms and full details are available at weavingwords.org. Here are words, a storytelling showcase. Submission deadline is May 13th. Miracle Theatre's next production is On Golden Pond, March 23rd to April 17th at the Playhouse. Miracle Theatre is donating all proceeds from this year's show to start an endowment for the Prince George Hospice Palliative Care Society with the Prince George Community Foundation. Tickets are available at Books & Company or by phone at 250-563-6637. In support of Prince George Hospice, Miracle Theatre's presentation of On Golden Pond, March 23rd to April 17th at the Playhouse. Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly sunny today, wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 8. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of wet flurries in northern regions, a south winds continuing, a low of 3. For Thursday, mainly cloudy, a 70% chance of showers in the afternoon, more gusting south winds, and a high of 6. Thank you for tuning in and staying tuned to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Now, the last couple of times that I had Frank Peebles in here to chat, we talked about anything and everything. This time, Frank, we are talking about something a little bit more specific. You've got a new job. Now, you are the, I'm going to see if I get this right, the Communications and Community Relations Advisor for School District 57. Absolutely. Now, am I supposed to bow or genuflect when I give you that title? No, you're just supposed to give me coffee and things like that because... I need the caffeine. They, they don't do that at the office? <laughs> oh, no, they do. They do. Okay. I, but I'm not in the office, and I, I'll run short, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're not in the office right now, obviously, because you're here at our studio. Yeah. Are you working out of the School District 57 office now? Yes. Okay. So they for have, now, yeah. They, oh, okay. they have a desk space for me there. Okay. But my job will, in large part, be out. It, I actually feel a lot like I did when I was a reporter, because you have your desk in the office, mm-hmm. but if you're at your desk in the office... You're not getting the story. Usually, you can yeah. be on the phone, yeah. and the same, and you can be writing you. too. Yes. And, and yeah. there's a big chunk of that. Like there's the yeah. there's the gathering, and there's oh, the preparing. So I was supposed to write when I was a reporter. <laughs> Whoops! That might explain why I'm no longer a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> But you're desk bound now. I can't be. I have to. Even yesterday, there's no school in session right now. But I was still at two schools yesterday because there's spring break programming going on at uh, Newsday O Elementary. Yeah. And uh, that's in partnership with Carriage to County Family Services. I didn't know that. So down I go to take a look at that. And then there's this whole other program going on at... uh, 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 Duchess Park Secondary, mm. and it's actually a partnership with, of all things, the Kodiak's football program. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. During spring break. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a football program, but they're the ones running it, and it's uh, this multi-sport, you know, it's big multi-engagement kind of thing for kids, just for fitness and activity mm-hmm. and fellowship throughout spring break. 
and uh, it's in the 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 giant th- triple gym. At, I know it's an amazing facility oh. in there. I love it, and so they're making big, literally, use of that place to just have kids, you know, keep fit and have fun, as the uh, old ad goes. Yeah. And uh, so I had to go and take a look at that and take some pictures and uh, we'll be putting that out on our website and our social media platforms and if the media wants to pick that up then it's available to them and that's really what my job is is to make it as easy as possible for media to pick things up and put it out but also at the same time without doing a single thing differently great for families to be able to click in and find out what is going on with their children and with their schools and their tax dollars and all of this stuff going on at the same time within the enormous umbrella of school district 57 now that was what that was the next thing i was going to get to the enormous umbrella that umbrella doesn't just cover prince george oh no no i haven't gotten to those other places yet but But it's on the list of things to do and that's not just for me the school trustees also know that they have to go and spend time there certainly major staff components go to Mm mckenzie to mcbride to vale mountain and all around the rural schools around prince george as well as what goes on in the core so i can't wait to have a chance to go out and and uh, get on the ground a little bit with these places. And as a reporter, I did those things too. Yeah. So I'm familiar with most of these schools. I haven't been to all of them, but I've been to a lot of them. And I just can't wait to get back. No, and I guess with Mackenzie and then the McBride Valmont area, I guess what makes it a little bit easier possibly for you is there's a trustee on the ground now in each of those locations. It didn't yep. used to be. It used to be all the trustees yep. were in Prince George. When I was first the education beat reporter yeah. back for the, the free press back in those days. What was a free press? I, I know. Oh, sorry. May Never she mind. rest in peace. Yes. Uh, it was, uh, that was the case. All the trustees were just elected out of yeah. the district, and you got elected based on... Uh, your your merit, basically. But, of course, most of the trustees were based in Prince George because that's where the voter base was. So they just automatically kind of swooped in on this. And this way, it's it's a hybrid model that other districts use as well, Mm -hmm. where the rural areas have a representative. And I've been getting to know them. It's kind of neat. I've been sort of reintroducing myself to uh, to some trustees, some of whom I knew from before, and some mm-hmm. I don't. We have some new tra- two new trustees yeah. that are as, as new as I am. So we took some orientation together the other day, so <laughs> making good use of uh, of those orientation moments. Because I think the other thing is, um, before this thing with the trustees ded- dedicated to Mackenzie and to Mackenzie Valmont, if somebody from the school district, like whoever was maybe in your position before, if they were heading out there, they would maybe try to catch a ride with the trustee who was in charge of those schools and say, well, you're going out there. I'll go out there anyways. Now, you, to some extent, you've got a little bit more freedom. I suppose I do, and I'm finding this out. I'm, I haven't gotten marching orders for that Uh-oh. yet. But uh, as we – and we were talking about this off mic a little bit. Yeah. The uh, The first year of anything – is spent mm-hmm. just essentially getting your bearings. Yeah. And in my case, the position is new as well. It's been filled oh. in the past by other people, but with different mandates, right? Okay, so, so it was sort of six... Ha- this person filled half of what you're doing. This other person maybe filled the other half. Uh, yeah. And you're sort of getting yeah. the two together. Exactly. And I'm not sure exactly how this is going to shake out because senior management also learned from those past experiences. Mm-hmm. And so they have some favorite things that happened and they have some things that they thought 
weren't happening to their mm-hmm. liking, so the, they're going to rejig what I do. Yeah. And I bring certain strengths to the table too, and we all we all sort of play to our strengths. So yeah. they're going to figure out what they want me to do, and and I'll figure out what. I can best do, and together we'll we'll make this work. Okay. We're going to take a quick break, come back and talk some more with Frank Peebles about his new position with School 57 after 9. The National Greening Program, run by Tree Canada, is dedicated to planting seedling trees across Canada in BC, the Prairies, Ontario, Quebec, and the Atlantic. They prioritize planting on indigenous and public lands and planting areas of natural and human-caused disturbance. The trees they plant help filter the air and water and sequester carbon, among other positive impacts. To learn more or get involved, go to treecanada.ca. Family Caregivers of British Columbia has a support line available five days a week. Open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday between 8.30 and 4, Tuesday and Thursday from 8.30 to 7. Caregivers can get the support they need by calling toll-free 1-877-520-3267. Also check out the Family Caregivers of BC Facebook page for regular half-hour live events. The next presentation is Get Your Elder Care Affairs in Order with Wendy Johnstone this Thursday morning at 9. OceanWise has created a new logo and a new brand promise, taking action for the ocean today so we can all flourish. This promise, grounded in action, will guide OceanWise to meet their conservation goals. The new logo reflects their inspirational, optimistic, and bold projects like the Great Canadian Shoreline Cleanup, Sea Forestation, the Whale Report app, and the Ocean Bridge Youth Program. Join OceanWise at noon today to learn more about their new branding. For more information or to RSVP, visit the blog page at Learn and explore at ocean.org. Sexual harassment advice, response, and prevention, or SHARP, for workplaces, aims to increase public knowledge, skills, confidence, and competence in managing complex issues related to workplace sexual harassment and to improve access to legal supports and resources for people who experience workplace sexual harassment. A SHARP workplace is respectful, understands its legal responsibilities, and knows how to respond to and prevent sexual harassment. For more information on how to become a SHARP workplace, visit sharpworkplaces.org. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. Thank you for joining me and uh, my guest today, Mr. Al Wishard. <laughs> I have just slipped into a parallel universe, apparently. Saw an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to be quicker off the mic, obviously, or else I'm going to lose control. Of the, well, I think I lost control of the show as soon as I got Frank Peebles as a guest, actually. <laughs> but, but as I say, we're actually concentrating on an actual topic this time instead of just instead of meandering yes. yeah exactly now the job is communications and community relations advisor and you were saying it's a new position with school director 57 a redefined well, yeah. position yeah you're, you're taking no offense to, big, to serena who had it before yeah. me and to jason peters who is oh. just an amazing fellow and yeah. I, I, another I, newspaper person for some another reason. newspaper person yes and one of the best i oh. gotta say too yeah. so yeah now do you think to some extent you are possibly, maybe not easier, but it's working out better because you're coming in right as COVID regulations are loosening up. So you're coming in and not going, my job could change next week because they may introduce new COVID regulations. Yes. Now it's like, okay, let's figure out what the job is and then just know it might actually 
I may actually be able to get more done as COVID loosens up. I think that everybody was sort of at the mercy of COVID yeah. for quite some time. I, it would be that private sector or public sector. It was just the reality of things that, that uh, the way funding went, the way the, mm -hmm. the, the economy moved and the things it turned and hinged on was unpredictable at best. And uh, I'm, I personally feel just stroke of luck that mm -hmm. I happened to, to be put in this position just as COVID was ending. And, and to be honest, I think the school district may have seen that COVID was taking a certain path and, and uh, the regulations were what they were. And now was a good time to bring someone new into that. Yeah. I'm, I'm just speculating on that, but no. I'm grateful at any rate yeah. just to, uh, to be able to step in at a time when the regulations and, and the restrictions were, were easing off. Because like last year at this point, I'm certain you wouldn't be able to go to Nesdayo or to Dutchess Park because there wouldn't have been any spring break activities going on. I, I'm sure that's very true, yeah. So it's kind of nice because, as you're saying, you're still fairly new in the position, but it gives you a chance to get out to those schools and just even explore the schools a little bit while you're there doing the story at the school as well. Yeah, and the, and the best part of all of it is that kids now have options of things that they can do and not be yeah. stuck at home all the time. I mean, I'm a parent, four mm -hmm. kids, mm -hmm. one of them in elementary school still and one in, in <laughs> still in secondary so i i got it every which way two of them were in in uh, post-secondary yeah. so every single configuration of, of <laughs> covid education <laughs> consequence was unfolding in my house and uh, uh, yeah i i'm i'm just relieved i'm very relieved as a parent yeah that uh, that life is slowly returning to some kind of of I won't say normal, but predictability. I, I was about to say, yeah, normal and parent don't usually go together. No, no, no. it's always a spin cycle. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, it's a good time to be a kid again, you know. <laughs> now, have you been to either of the schools that your children are still in? Uh, oh, yes, absolutely, okay. yeah. Now, have you thought to yourself, okay, what am I going to do if I go there and without knowing ahead of time, I find out that the program that I'm reporting on is one that my child is in? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, good question. It was harder when I was a reporter because we had rules about that. Yeah. Right? Like at the Citizen, we had rules that yeah. you couldn't cover your own children. Yes. And, uh, you know, nepotism is a thing. So mm -hmm. we did that it was a good rule. Yes. Um, but uh, but for something now, like this, yeah. something like this, I can I can go wherever. wherever. Yeah. And there's too much, right? There's just oh. too much. If, if I ever encountered my own children in, in the course of my work, it would be an ultimate coincidence because there's yeah. just so much going on. And there's and the other thing would be you'd get into the school and be going, I know that kid. Where I'm do I know that kid vaguely from? Vaguely familiar. Yeah, not, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> they just said, hi, Dad. Wait a minute. Oh! That's not how you hold scissors. Oh, wait. Now I don't, know who you don't are. Don't run. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still learning. How do you sort of have a timetable maybe in your own mind? No. For when do you want to at least have gotten to all the schools? Oh, uh, no. I can't predict that. Yeah. I have no idea. That, a lot of that depends on what the schools want me to do, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't tell them what to do. They oh, tell me on. what to do. <laughs> I, <laughs> I am uh, I'm called in on an as-needed basis. So the schools are your editor, basically. Yeah, very much yeah. so. Absolutely. They're, they're my source and my editor and, uh, and my client, and it's all for the kids, right? Yeah. That's, that's the whole basis of it is to make sure that the kids get the recognition that they deserve and that the programs for the kids get the recognitions that they deserve and mm -hmm. that the teachers are the programs for the kids get the right you know it's, it's quite a ladder to climb yeah. but uh it's it's all productive stuff and it's all stuff that's true and actual and going on and the public 
really has been done a disservice across the country, not here in Prince George specifically, but just by not having more people telling those stories about what school districts do. Yeah. So now let's say, okay, we're mid-March. Or actually, we are exactly mid-March. I think the 15th today. If not, we are. Doing, 16th it's the 16th. We're yeah. over the line. Yeah. yeah. So we've got until, let's say, the end of June. So let's call that three months left in this school year. Yeah. If you had the chance... Would you like to, in those three months, have gotten up to McKenzie and out to McKenzie and out to McBrideville? I would hope so. Yeah. That would be, I mean, if you could wave a magic wand and make the miles disappear. Yeah. yeah I would, I mean, A, I love those places anyway mm-hmm. and always have. And, uh, and B, it's great to go to places when there's action on, right? Yeah. I mean, I can go and tour those schools and, and get a sense of on the a Sunday afternoon more, and big deal. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, you always learn something, but yeah. you learn the best when when there's big action and, uh, yeah. and we're there for the kids, right? So let's go when there's kids there. Yeah, and so that's the other thing is, do you see yourself going to some of these schools in the evening when there aren't kids there, but just? For the community involvement part of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's going to, ha- that's another COVID, post-COVID mm. consequences. Yes. Now schools are going to be used a lot more for community mm-hmm. events than they were before. Those PAC meetings and things can happen much more easily than before. And so, yeah, going to schools off hours is going mm. to be something that I'm, I'm certain I'll be doing more of. Okay. Frank Peebles, the Communications and Community Relations Advisor for School District 57. I don't want to see the size of your business card. <laughs> uh, it's a sheet got, of paper. I've got a feeling we're going to be chatting a fair bit as time goes along. I hope but so. we're going to be keeping it more to school-oriented events rather than just going hither, thither, and yon. Well, and but you can always call that. me, too. Whenever you spot something going on oh. in the schools or something yeah. comes up that uh, involves the district, by all means, that's what I'm there for. So we just call the school district office and ask for Frank Peebles. Absolutely. And they'll laugh and... And they'll go, who? Yeah. Oh, that's the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Frank, as always, pleasure to chat with you. Wonderful Thanks to be much. in and talk about the kids. Okay, going to take another quick break and be back with more after 9. Vantage Point's next Leadership Principles Lab starts April 5th. Leadership Principles strengthens your individual leadership skills and personal attributes to positively impact the effectiveness of your organization. Vantage Point's Leadership Lab is a unique professional development offering for not-for-profit leaders seeking to enhance their current leadership approach. Registration and full details are available through the training link at thevantagepoint.ca. Vantage Point's Leadership Principles Lab, three consecutive Tuesday evenings starting April 5th. The Ministry of Social Development and Poverty Reduction has purchased the building at 490 Brunswick as part of a plan to relocate their service from 10th. Downtown Prince George believes this is not an appropriate location for these services since the proposed new location is very close to a daycare, a senior center, a church, service-based businesses, and other community retail. Show your support for Downtown Prince George by joining their petition against this service location through their website, downtownpg.com. Teen alcohol use kills 4,300 people each year. That's more than all illegal drugs combined. That's why Mothers Against Drunk Driving and Nationwide Insurance are teaming up for Alcohol Awareness Month. MADS Power of Parents program featuring a free parent handbook helps equip parents of teens start ongoing conversations about the dangers of underage drinking and other drugs. Visit www.mad.org slash power of parents today. 
Forecast from Environment Canada, mainly sunny today, wind from the south at 20 gusting to 40, a high of 8. Cloudy tonight with a 60% chance of wet flurries in northern regions, a south winds continuing, a low of 3. For Thursday, mainly cloudy, a 70% chance of showers in the afternoon, more gusting south winds, and a high of 6. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. And uh, the guest I have from the third part is not available right now. Hopefully, they will be calling in the next few minutes. Frank has volunteered to stick around, but he's shifting. He's taking off his school district tab. We're going to chat. We're going to go back to chatting about entertainment, which is something Frank's got a little bit of experience with as well. I, I still keep a finger in that game. It's great. <sighs> next week, two major Prince George events, annual events, really. They've become favorites, haven't they? And... They're running, and they're going to have audiences, and there's going to be people there, and it's amazing. They might be able to smile at people a little bit. Cold Snap starts a week from Friday, and actually a week from today. Which is strange, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, Cold Snap is misnamed all of a sudden. Yes. But for, <laughs> because, when, for when they were normally on. Yeah. I mean, you, sense. I'm yeah. glad they deferred rather than forge through in the middle of January. And for those who aren't familiar, Cold Snap is the music festival in town, of course. And, yes. uh, and they've been making do through COVID. <clears throat> but rather than do virtual things, it's, I'm glad that the decision was yep. made to take a chance on the regulations, maybe melting a bit and, uh, and they did, and so yes. now they can do things with a live audience. I got that regulations melting a bit. Uh, you know, saw what I did there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the other thing, of course, that was again postponed for a bit because of COVID, Miracle Theater. Absolutely. On Golden Pond. Uh, what a wonderful play. Yeah, what a wonderful play. next Wednesday. A week and it's today. a heavy, heavy play for the actors, right? It really oh. is an acting clinic. It's, yes. it's two people. I mean, there's more than two actors in the play, but essentially there's only two that do the heavy lifting, a, a male and a female. Yeah. And uh, oh, you know what? On, on Golden Pond, this just occurred to me, and it'll take a while for this to happen, but there could be a same-sex couple one day depict these parts, right? Because could be, yeah. Now that, I mean, same-sex marriage is relatively new mm-hmm. in Canada so we you know we haven't put that in that time no. in yet uh, I mean I know in practical terms of course that's been going on for for time immemorial but yeah. but just from a practical sense wouldn't it be fun one well, day to see two women or two men do that do that play together as as the old married couple do the other side of it though it's the married couple still male and female mm-hmm. but their daughter comes and she doesn't bring her, her boyfriend yeah and there's somebody they didn't know. Like, you know, she said, I'm going to be my friend. That's right. And it might be, say, my friend Jerry. Surprise. Which could be yeah. anything, yeah. male or female. Oh, that'd be and, great. That'd be oh. great. Yeah. Ah, but on they're not going to do it this year. We're no, not, no, we're, we're, we're digressing. Just, yes, yeah, we're digressing into fantasy land. Yeah, uh, don't let people start thinking this is what Miracle Theater is doing this year. No. I'm really proud of my friend Gilles Batello because mm-hmm. uh, I've yes. acted with Gilles a number of times in the past. I've mm-hmm. you know d- done musical theater with him and, uh, and and some some comedy and stuff. And he's just amazing. He's one of the best actors that Prince George has ever produced. That never was in like the big the big lights movies right yeah. i mean like we have a lot of guys that have gone on a lot of women who have gone into professional ranks and uh, and jill was just content to have a career here and a family yeah. here and act on the side and just shine he's so oh. good and we get a chance to see him now in golden pond really dig in yeah and now he is in like you were saying it's the two main characters which are obviously the older couple yep and then their daughter 
And Jill is almost like the fourth wheel on the vehicle, if you will, because he's the daughter's boyfriend. Yep. yep. He's a little bit worried about meeting her dad because I I get the impression he has not met him before, but he's heard stories. And, and this is where Jill's acting is really going to step in because Jill is, you know, in a social context pretty fearless mm-hmm. oh and now he's got to play, and now he's got to play someone cat. who's scared yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, if he can't do it then all of a sudden your your estimation of him as an actor has to go way down right oh, if you can't play somebody who's afraid it's not even in my old guy in oh, my thoughts he's no. gonna nail he's it they're all gonna nail it because this is a play that's cast by a master yes ted price never makes a casting error no, because, well, for one thing, he's never cast me, so you know that way. That he's <laughs> yeah. never made a mistake that way. Right, ditto me. Right, yeah. exactly. See, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he hasn't even, <laughs> he hasn't even called us as far as I know. <laughs> yeah, let's see. I need 47 people for this play. Well, okay, I'm going to cross Peebles and Wishart off the list. To start, and start from and there. go from there. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Cold Snap, again, just a few minutes on that before we have to go to the next break. But again, Cold Snap, like you were saying, last year... No audiences, although I think there may have been a few people for the people who were performing live at the Playhouse, I think was where they did it last year. Sound right? That rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I, a lot of people see. did it either at home, live, yeah, and streamed Yeah, that was it. the way most of us consumed it. Or yeah. some of them, I guess, actually pre-recorded their performance and then had it played back on the schedule. And I think because we've talked about that. this a bit yeah. in the past, but this might be the way. I and mean, this is an innovation that's going to continue on from COVID because why wouldn't you do that anyway? Yeah. If you're going to have a, a, a once in a lifetime, and every oh. live show is, right? Yes. It's a moment that you will never be able to get back. You have a live audience there watching it, but why not simulcast that to mm-hmm. broader audiences who can't be there in, in the theater or the, the pub or the venue of whatever choice it is yeah. and, uh, and make some extra money that way yeah. and also expose that artist a, bit, a little bit more. That could go on forever, regardless of what regulations exist. No, and what I find, and again, I, it didn't occur to me at the time, but I realize now it's the overlap because we're talking about both of these events Cold Snap and On Golden Pond starting next week mm-hmm. On Golden On Golden Pond moving from where from where Miracle Theater usually is at the art space art space yep. down to the playhouse mm-hmm. where were we just saying Cold Snap usually was yeah. at the playhouse at the playhouse well, they can't be at the at the playhouse so they are starting at Adebene Bayo the conference center yep and I guess after a couple of days there... That's a great location. For yeah. It. I don't think I've ever... Has there been a musical performance there? I don't think there? so. I was speaking with There's somebody. been music there, but has there yeah. been a, a, a dedicated I concert? Don't think so. I don't know. No. no, I was talking with somebody last week who is going to be performing there, I want to say next Saturday, but I cannot right now remember who it was or I was talking to. He's from out of town, and he said he might even just drop by on Friday evening just to get a bit of a feel for the acoustics with the opening night performers. Hmm. I'm sure they'll be great. And then after that, they move to what they're now calling the Knox Performance Venue. Oh, yeah. The old church. Yeah. Such, I've seen oh, many concerts yes. and, and some play events in that place in the past. I've even performed in there myself in, mm. in the past. And yeah. It's an amazing space. Yeah. Okay. We are going to go to a quick break and be back to talk some more with Frank Peebles, probably about entertainment, but who knows for sure. Could go anywhere. After nine. Vantage Point has a great list of downloadable resources to help nonprofit groups excel. Annual Goal Setting and Development is a free worksheet for developing annual performance goals, assessing progress, and providing feedback to ensure employees are meeting their objectives and career goals. 
Help your organization reach the next level by taking advantage of the Vantage Point's annual goal-setting development worksheet and other downloadable resources through the media link at vantagepoint.ca. Spring break camps are on at Two Rivers Gallery. Students grades 1 through 7 are invited to examine homes, shelters, and lifestyles through art next week. It's the final spring break week-long creativity camp. Registration and full details are available at Two Rivers Gallery. The Spring Break Creativity Camp, Remember Home, starting Monday at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Love them or hate them, meetings are a fact of life at any organization. Make the most of your time together by taking Vantage Point's effective board meeting facilitation. In this three-hour workshop, you'll learn practical tools and techniques for setting agendas, fostering participation, building consensus, and keeping your meetings on track. Registration and full details are available through the events link at thevantagepoint.ca. Effective board meeting facilitation, March 29th from 5.30 to 8.30 through the Vantage Point, transforming not-for-profit leadership. The 2022 BKT OK Tire World Women's Curling Championships start Saturday at CN Center. Full event, weekend, and single-day packages, as well as single-draw tickets, are all available for purchase online through curling.ca and at the CN Center box office. All fans, athletes, volunteers, and event staff will need to provide proof of full vaccination. The 2022 BKT OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship, starting Saturday at CN Center. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So back with Frank Peebles chatting about entertainment stuff. And I have to say, this was something a little bit unusual to me. I'm shifting gears here a little bit without telling Frank. Johnny Reed. Johnny Reed. Who I'm sure you've interviewed. I've interviewed him a few times. He is barn. People ask me all the time. You've been to thousands of concerts. Thousands. Yeah. What are your best? What are the best you've ever been to? And bar none, the number one concert I've ever been to in my life, it changed everything for me, was Sarah McLaughlin at uh, Kaleidoscope Theater in Victoria. Mm -hmm. It was just the, the most, the pinnacle. Yeah. I think Johnny Reed probably occupies three of the top ten slots on that <laughs> yeah. list, though. I mean, he is just spectacular in a live setting. And at the Playhouse? Are you kidding me? Yeah. He's like in a, your lap in the Playhouse. And he was booked for three shows. April 22nd, 23rd, and 24th, I he, believe. He can do a Vegas-like well, stand yeah. at the Playhouse. They sold them out, basically. Yeah. So they booked him for another date, but it's not the 25th. It's like he's going somewhere else to play a couple of days. He's coming, he's coming back. back on May the second. I want to say striking his stage and then resetting. Yeah. Um, that that's the and that's the kind of guy he is. He's a can do, make it happen, get to yes kind yeah. of guy. And even if he didn't, he could probably come out and just make sure he's got his backup band, his backup singers with him. Yeah, and not worry about setting anything up on the stage for that May second show. He could just walk say, out and just say the songs. Yeah, and and. First of all, that Scottish brogue is, is just, I don't know what it does. I mean, yeah. More Scottish guys should do country music because, boy, it fits. But and did you find the same thing as I did? It was sometimes a little bit hard doing the interview with him on the phone because you weren't absolutely sure what he was saying. Yeah, he still speaks Scottish English sometimes, but yeah, it's, I could listen to him all day. Well, Speak, yeah. sing, whatever. And he's, his singing skill is so well, he technically great. Everything Correct me if I'm wrong. When he came to Canada, like when he started his singing career here, he was basically country. Like CMT was where you saw his videos. Yep. Yep. And he was basically country. And then all of a sudden you look up and it's like he's singing blues. He's singing jazz. He's singing 
pop. I, I haven't heard it, him do I, any rap or heavy metal yet. But no, that's about no, it. That's, yeah, exactly. But he's one of those guys that has a tool. It's not <sighs> because that he's just you know indecisive. No. He has a tool that can that can sort of tighten all of those nuts, right? Yeah. I mean, he 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 has a place in those places. His voice just yeah. lends itself. I mean, I mean, he did that that uh, duet with Elage Diouf. Mm-hmm. I mean. Just melts me every time, and and uh, and that's uh, like almost a world beat song, yeah. right? Because Ilaj Diouf is is French and African, mm-hmm. and uh, lives in Canada now. And and Johnny Reed was smart enough to spot <laughs> a musical genius when he saw him, and uh, so it's just, it just shows his versatility, and it's a versatility of thinking as well, right? Yeah. Just oh, to yeah. have the mind to do that, the confidence to shift gears like that is uh, is part of his makeup. Uh, two songs of his that I really love, and one of them is um, "Today I'm Going to Try and Change the World." Just an incredible song. Yeah, and again, it's one of those songs where I, I I listen to it, and I'm thinking he's not really doing a lot of singing as such in that song. It is more of a recitation of what he's doing. And, and another, it works. yeah, it really works. And he could do that. Oh. As a, almost as a second career, really. Yeah. I mean, he could be a voiceover artist yeah. for sure. And uh, we've seen other country artists do that. Hank mm. Snow reciting yes. uh, Robert Service poems with musical accompaniment. I mean, it's and amazing. Red Sylvine yeah. made a career out of it, doing trucker oh, yeah, well, yeah. spoken word. I stuff. don't think Red Sylvine sang a word in his life in his song. He's a great singer. I know. But once in a while. Why? And yeah, exactly. Bruce Coburn is another who yes. will do spoken word at the drop of a hat, yeah. and uh, and of course the best of all. How ironic because his voice is, is so uh, maligned in in some ways. But uh, Leonard Cohen, off, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, Leonard Cohen was a poet first, yeah, first and foremost. And then, as you say, sometimes they would put music to his words. I remember when he won the Juno Award. <laughs> Only in Canada could I win Male Vocalist of the Year. <laughs> But he is, he's an amazing singer in, in his way, but speaking, oh, just, he melts the, 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 he couldn't go into the frozen food section of the grocery store, he'd ruin everything. The other Johnny Reed song I love, and I remember, I I don't think I'd heard it on the radio at that time, but I watched, I saw the video for it, and I was going, okay, this is different for him. Song called Darling. Hmm. Darling, I'm feeling kind of lonesome. I call classic. you on the phone some, but I don't have a dime. And I mean, oh, yes, you're listening to it and you're yeah. going, that is, that's a blues song. It is a blues song. And yet Johnny just sings it. And the video is very simple. It's him and his band up and it's an empty hallway. Basically it's him and his band up on a little sort of stage thing. And there's like three or four women in front of the stage who are you know, kind of walking towards the stage and then walking away from it. And he, that's who he's singing to. But you don't know for sure which of them for sure is the darling who he's singing to. It could be any of them. But he, but again, he just makes you feel every single word. Yeah, and that song could be done as a big band song too. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, you could you could hear Sinatra doing that song. Yeah. A little bit more laid back even than Johnny was, which is tough to yeah, believe. Probably, if, you, yeah. if you've listened to Johnny do the song, you're kind of going, okay, how could you be any more laid back than that and not be snoring during it? <laughs> but no, I'm looking for, to me, one of the biggest ones I'm thinking of when I think about Johnny Reed is him setting up a set list. Because A, he's got so many hits and you know you're going to want to play all of them. Yeah. 
but you don't have six hours. And how do you set up your set list so you're not bouncing from country? Well, going from country to blues isn't that hard, but as you say, going from country to blues to, like, I'll you know, say a pop song. It takes some country. planning. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, do you sort of do a gradual and, shift over the show? Or? And if you're Johnny Reed, you also have to consider your audience. And yeah. this is why I'm really interested in this, this performance he's about to do, because the room is completely different. Yes. He won't even need a microphone with no. the power of his voice. So how is that going to affect the set list? Oh. It's going to change the songs that he yeah. chooses, because the room... The song has to fit the room. The room has to yeah. accommodate the song. And I'm wondering as well, and I, can't, I don't know if I've asked him this before when I interviewed him, does he stick to his set list? Oh. Because you get a lot of artists who I imagine he does have in the, the first big two or settings. three songs. And then after that, especially if their band is one that they've played with for quite a while and that knows the stuff. Yeah. They know if I just give a little bit of an intro to what the next song is going to be, even though it's not the song that's on the set list, the guys will pick it up. You when, hope. when you've got a, a traditional country band or blues band, rock band, whatever, you can do that a little more easily. Yeah. But he comes with like 15 people sometimes on stage, and that would be that's, hard to adjust yeah. your set list on because you can't be as spontaneous. Although there are moments you could. Yeah. But uh, in a setting like the Playhouse... I don't know if he's going to have 15 people yeah. or if he's going to have two. I don't know. 15 people make for a very crowded stage. Because he comes with players. a brass section sometimes. I've seen him with two drummers. Yeah. He always has backup singers. Will he now? I don't know. It's part of the know. mystery. I can't wait to see okay. it. Okay. Frank Peebles, as always, a pleasure to chat with you. It's great. We, we talked about your new position with the school Oh, yeah, district right. I have with, a job. Yes. And then we just got into talking about entertainment, and the time has just flown by. It's time to wrap it up. As always, thanks for coming in. And I'm sh I've got a feeling we're going to be chatting again in the future. I sure hope so. Probably on both those topics. There's we'll lots talk to talk about, about school and about entertainment. Right on. After 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Clausen, and Rez Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. CA.